Hello everybody, welcome to another by-election edition of this channel, which really is very predictable these days. And to be fair, we have Peter Barnes, our Westminster analyst, who unfortunately has not got anything wrong when it comes to predictions so far. <laughs> welcome to the show, how are you? Hi, hi my, uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. It, yeah, it like was you literally said, as expected a... though. I mean, there were, there were oh. tiny changes, tiny things that could, could have been slightly different, um, but yeah. uh, overall... Um, tell us kind of how it went tonight with their, well, Old Bexley and Sidcup. Yeah, so it's Old Bexley and Sidcup, which is James Brokenshire's old seat. Uh, he was the minister that passed away, former minister that passed away um, from cancer not so long ago. Um, so the Tories, uh, surprisingly to no one, uh, held the seat with 51.5% of the vote. Um, the Labour came in second with 309 The interesting one is Reform came in third. So this is where it does yeah. get a little interesting. Uh, but again, most people kind of saw that coming. And then you've got the Greens on 3.8 and the Lib Dems on 3%, who yep. actually had quite a bad night, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, this uh, by-election, in terms of results, isn't that interesting, really. No. But, what's, it's, but what's more interesting is actually how these results actually came about and what impact they're going to have moving forward in two weeks when we go to North Shropshire. Yeah, when we have the next by-election, but it's, it's that one. That one, the Lib Dems could do slightly better, right? That's the yeah. So this is the big thing. The Lib Dems. Why? One of the reasons they did very poorly in uh, Old Bexley was they didn't really put much mm. emphasis in the campaign. <laughs> they were had a very light touch in this mm. election. They did go down five five percent in the vote share. So it has it has shown that they because they've not campaigned. Yeah. Um, they, they kind of root the consequences of it, but they put all their resources into North Shropshire. They really think they could take that seat. It's very, it's a very similar makeup to Cheshire and Amersham, which they won for the Tories in a quite stunning victory, I have to admit. Uh, so, yeah, so the Lib Dems and North Shropshire is one that we're definitely going to watch. I mean, yeah. we I've already set up all the spreadsheets. I've got everything ready to go for that <laughs> one. You, you know, you, my, you, my inner political nerd has never been happy because <laughs> we've actually got a by-election where something Amazing. major yeah. could happen. Like, we've not really had this since Hartlepool. That, that's um, true. Oh, yeah, Hartlepool yeah. was the last one, which what was it, about a year ago, two years ago? About a year ago, yeah. yeah a year, a year and a half, yeah. At, at the moment, like, time just seems to all manage, mangle into one day at this point. Do, so. do you think Reform UK... Did, uh, I think well, they said they got about eight eight percent or something like that, it's, and then um, it, so I predicted they would get eight percent, yeah. and they actually got six point six. They got six, but they got. Oh, uh, I was com- pretty close. <laughs> but but they com- combined uh, well, Green and Lib Dems. They it's basically the same number, but they got just a bit more than Lib Dems yeah. and Greens. Yeah, Do you so, think? I mean, not to completely undermine uh, the Reform UK's, you know, small team campaigning there, and obviously Richard Ty's trying to obviously get publicity. Do you think it's also the fact that, that you know whether people like it or not, politicos. A lot of ordinary people still don't really know what Reform UK is anyway. So when it comes to protest votes, they look at the Lib Dems, they're like, oh, not really. Greens, right now, people are just angry with the Greens anyway. And so they, they, the word reform sounds nice. Do you think that's also the reason people voted for them? I, I do think that's a big factor. But the one thing I will give reform, and I have to admit, I'm not their biggest fan, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, a very controversial thing to say, but I'm, I'm not really... But I will go on to say why. I will say yeah, why. Yeah, no, yeah not just for the sake of partisanship. Yeah, not just yeah. for the sake of it, but <laughs> there is a reason. Um, one thing with reform is it's what we call an active protest vote. Is that the people who vote reform know who they are. Yeah. Most of them are disgruntled Tories or people who don't think the Conservatives are Conservative anymore. It's that kind of voter. But they know specifically mm. who reform are. One of the problems 
reform have is like you say a lot of people outside of the kind of political world don't really know who reform are they don't really know what they stand for beyond immigration and this is one of the reasons like i said mm. why i don't not a big fan of them is they they need more policy yep. they need something else to galvanize them i think it, they could hit the tories pretty hard on the economy i know they've had Richard Tice is pretty strong on this stuff when he's interviewed, but there are other things like maybe education policy. They've got to come on board yep. with some level of green stuff. Um, I, th I think he has. I think Richard Tice mentioned something about uh, some green measures. Um, I forgot what yeah. it was. I, oh, he wants to. I mean, he does want to kind of use more subsidies to kind of help businesses to get do green. Yeah, measures. I think that's. So I that, think yeah. he's one of these kind of. Um, uh, for want of a better phrase, a market interventionist in kind of like yeah. supporting companies that are doing the work rather yeah. than subsidizing the end product. I think that I think that's his 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 thing, and it's not a bad idea actually. It's something I I don't. Of, of course, of course, you're you're all a bunch of communists anyway. We're all <laughs> all of you interventionists. Yeah, you, you don't listen to me. No. Um, People do, that win <laughs> do you think uh, um, going to the Labour side because you predicted that so far this morning? Have we had the Labour Party come in and say this was a victory for us? Or? <laughs> oh, I know. So, yeah. So one of my big things that I did say um, yesterday was uh, I can't, I wonder how long it'll take before Angela Rayner comes on the TV. <laughs> Spin it. And it was a victory anyway. <laughs> but it's really interesting to look at how Labour did in this in this by-election. So they did go up 7% the, in the vote share. They got 30% of the vote. Very decent showing, really. But... It, it, there is a little bit more to it when you dig beneath the statistics. Labour gained because Tories didn't turn out. So what happened was there was a huge reduction in the number of people that turned out to vote. It was it was 34%. That, um, now, that's not the lowest by-election turnout. That's pretty on really roundabout average for um, by-elections in December or any kind of election in <clears> December, <throat> you know. It's cold, it's wet, people are tired, people don't really want to bother. The one thing the Tories did very well in, though, is postal votes. Mm. But Labour's didn't really campaign very much. And also, interestingly, on their campaign material, Keir Starmer's name wasn't mentioned or his picture, and Sadiq Khan was nowhere to be seen. For a London <laughs> Even there's a London seat. Was absolutely nowhere so to be seen. So Labour were already managing expectations before the actual oh, night. They, they, had, they managed expectations pretty well, actually, I have to admit. For, for the... For the dire state of their comms team they uh, they actually did quite a good job but even though they got a 10 percent swing so people who voted conservative it looks like they switched to the labor that's not quite what happened um like i said because people didn't turn out to vote it shrunk the number of voters so that it kind of distorts the uh, vote share numbers in that in that way but this kind of swing is actually below average yeah uh, not not to be sizes but it's quite below <laughs> average um in terms of by-election um, yeah. swings uh, since 1997. It averages out at about 16. This is 10, so it's, it's not quite there yet. And mm. also, it's um, one of the lowest swings in most in, in the last few um, by-elections. So whilst Labour can claim some kind of victory here, yeah. they've not really made any great gains. No. that I would have thought they wanted to put at least a better showing in because... The Labour Party are, are kind of on the move a bit. They're doing reasonably all right in national polling and they, they're kind of starting to hit through. And I thought, you know, maybe they just put a little bit more money in, a little bit more time, yeah. get a couple of more, not high profile names, but more relevant names to turn up. You I, know, they may have actually stood a better chance. I did see a tweet uh, uh, earlier by Paul Mason, our favourite, uh, who essentially said <laughs> that... 
the Labour Party should just uh, stop bothering with the South, just focus on North Midlands, because sub suburban Southern England are essentially addicted to racist Toryism. Again, he's oh. just called the voters racist again. That I know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. Um, literally, I, I stayed up to watch all the results come in because I've got nothing else to do in my life. Yeah. But um, literally, I went through social media as soon as it happened, and you saw the usual, usual faces, like you say, Paul Mason, people like that, saying... Tories don't, um, people are voting conservative, don't know what they're voting for, working people are work, voting against what's good for them. And I'm just like, I think you've been hammering this message home for like 10 years now, 10, 11 years. And it's just like, it's not working. It's turning voters off. Yeah. And you're not helping anybody. Also, of all places, and suburban, anyway. suburban Southern England, they're all like a liberal champagne socialist. They're all Romanians. Oh, I know. Like, exactly. Where are the racists? Old <laughs> Bexley is a Brexit seat. It is, yeah, it's it true. Is. Yeah. I think it's about 59%, I think, voting yep. for Brexit. But then, and, but they're not. They're shopping. not your Middle England uh, working class no, no, Brexiteers. They're, 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 they're Londoners. They're not avocado and toast <laughs> kind of London. They're not that much. Yeah. But you know, they 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 consider themselves to be pretty liberal. But liberal Brexiteers, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of. They probably would want not really like a no deal Brexiteer. If you yeah. Know, oh, that's a good that, version to say it, basically. Yeah. That's that's the kind yeah. of way that I would describe them. But, yeah. yeah. Um, Northern Ireland Northern Protocol Brexiteers. Yeah. 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 I think that's right. That, that, that kind of voter compromise. Uh, but what's um, what's most interesting, um, really, when you kind of look at what happened was, um, even though the t the Tories still held on to fifty percent of the vote. Yeah. Um, and I mean, after being in power for like what eleven years now, that's still quite impressive, yeah. you know. And given everything that we've just gone through, from Tory sleaze to um, uh, the yeah. these Christmas parties and all the rest of it, yeah. you know, I'm just like it's actually quite a good okay. showing. For I, I saw I saw some of the t t jokes on Twitter from the the Tory side saying that, well, even if you had. Uh, a proportional representation, you know, the Tories would still win anyway. So it's still yeah. it's still about fifty percent. So oh, the, the, the so, alliance yes. didn't work. The progressive alliance that they want to do. So, the, I, so this is the one thing I will admit that I did get wrong. Uh, I know it's a rarity. It's a rarity, Ooh, but I did get guys, this wrong. Pay I, I <laughs> expected the left vote to split more than it actually did. Right. Um, I, I expected the Greens and the Lib Dems to put in a better showing. Um, I'd kind of take votes away from the Labour Party. At least Greens, yeah. At least the Greens. But to be fair, the Greens went up by 0.6%. I, I thought they <laughs> Well done point. to the Greens. <laughs> I wasn't that far out. But I thought the Lib... I didn't expect the Lib Dem vote to drop five yeah. points. Maybe it's the I Brexit mean, thing again. Yep. Maybe. But Culture, it culturally Brexit. The fact that they didn't campaign. Oh, they didn't it. really campaign. But it's quite concerning that if they don't campaign, they're losing up to five points in a vote share. Yeah. That's... But that's, that's significant. That's how the Lib Dems get their votes, by just local campaigning. They, they don't well, get votes they, based on national. You perfectly, absolutely spot yeah. on. The Lib Dem by-election machine yeah, is one of the best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I've seen it in action, and I've, I've gone up against it. Oh, they're scary. Right it <laughs> is, it, like a herd everywhere, yeah, zombies. I know. There's, like, there's not this many Lib Dems in the country. I don't know how they find them. But in terms of the left, generally speaking, because we talk about the splits and uh, yeah. the, the, the progressive alliance, there are some stories and issues with the the labor party right they're losing support oh. from a very very specific organization <laughs> oh they are yes so unite the uk's biggest trade union announced the uh, the new um uh what she got actually the director secretary general or whatever communist dictator name she gives herself <laughs> um it, it is run like the soviet union it's general but, secretary uh, yeah. general secretary i think that's <laughs> what it's <laughs> um, communist <laughs> 
as well. I'm not wrong, am I? No. I'm a delegate. It's a, I'm a weird title. I'm not wrong. General Secretary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they announced, uh, she did an interview with The Guardian. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> announcing that they, the Unite were going to cut further their political donations to the Labour Party. Um, she was, This is quite a bruising interview that she gives, and it, it should send a very big red flag up to the Labour Party that something is wrong. Uh, she said, um, she basically goes on to say that they're not getting value for money. So in other words, the Labour Party aren't doing what she wants them to do. They're not left-wing enough. <laughs> they're not left-wing enough. And Keir, I don't blame Keir Starmer for wanting to move away from this. But he's not but doing the, the right Labour, way. He's not doing it in the right way because the Labour Party, one of the most underreported stories in Westminster, the, the Labour Party is running out of money. Yeah, uh, but they almost and, went and bankrupt has, a year ago. <laughs> they all, exactly. I mean, they've spent £2 million on legal fees since yeah. Keir Starmer came into power. Uh, they've got redundancies coming out of the Wazi, which is often a canary in the coal mine yeah. <laughs> kind of situation. Just like when you start laying off, I think at one point it was a third of the staff. So a third of the staff were potentially laid off. Wow. You know, that that is significant. Yeah. And Keir Starmer, when he came, when he was running to be leader, said he was going to um, bring in some big new donors. He, I think he was kind of hoping for a big... Remainers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's what he was hoping for yeah. was those who backed the Remain campaign would switch to Labour because he was the one in charge. That never materialised. So, you know, the Labour Party is running out of money. But before now, we United... get to where the money is now going to go, Unite, yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out, it's kind of embarrassing because the, the problem with Starmer is that, you know, post-Corbyn, uh, expectations for the left wing of the Labour Party is, oh, let's be left wing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Tony Blair, who was the right of the Labour Party, even he got Unite money. Like, yeah. even he got the trade union money, but, like, somehow Starmer is losing right and left. I, I think it's because Blair was seen as a winner. Yeah. And Starmer's not. I fundamentally, I think that I think that's why. Blair, I think the Labour, I think the unions realised with Blair that get him into power, then strangle him. Yeah. Rather than strangle him before he comes into power. Yeah. Um, Starmer, I think most <clears> people know, is pretty much a dead weight. I don't, he'll, he'll contest the next general election, he'll lose and then resign. Um, that's kind of what most people in SW1 are thinking right now. Um, but yeah. So I mean, where's where the money going now for, from so United? So this, this is the other bit of the interview that is really interesting. She goes on to talk about um, the SNP and the Scottish government's plans for the National Care Service. So it's like their version of kind of care homes and yeah. kind of reforming the NHS. And she, and she very said, this is the type of campaign that we should be backing. That is huge. Yeah. Right. In, 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 in the political world, that's a huge story. Um, mm. I mean, if Unite suddenly start backing the SNP, yes. that well, could make that, that changes flip, everything. It could flip things like um, the Scottish referendum on independence. It, it, you know, it could re completely reshift the balance of power. Now, don't get me wrong, the SNP are already in total control, really. But I mean, this would give them a lock. What that does that mean to the much... What does that mean to the Scottish Labour Party? Because they are technically a separate entity. Well, that this, yeah, so. <laughs> So it, that just I don't understand why that's a thing. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's um, so <laughs> yeah. I'm sure somebody who's Scottish who's watching could inform us. But um, <laughs> one thing I would say on that is I would be quite concerned because I bet they were kind of hoping on that money yep. uh, to kind of take it to the SNP because like, there were there are some winnable seats for the Labour Party. I think in Scotland much more than the Conservatives, but um, who have just been dire in Scotland. If I'm being yeah. brutally honest, but. Um, you know, I I would be I, if I was running the late, Scottish Labour, I'd be quite concerned about this because, like I said, Unite have very deep pockets, yeah, very deep pockets. Um, and I mean, if 
they have confirmed that they're going to pay the million pound affiliation fee. So that's like the bog standard thing that they pay, but it's everything else. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a spokesperson for Kickstarter came out and said, oh, well, United have always funded other ventures and other campaigns and stuff. But the thing is, they've always worked in collaboration with the Labour Party. Mm. They may, it may not have been a Labour campaign, but Labour's been involved in some way. This interview made it very clear that, that uh, Sharon Graham wants very little to do with the Labour Party. Um, now, don't think, I was, it was important to remember that Len McCluskey already reduced contributions in 2020. Yeah. Um, so this is like an ongoing thing. And it, it, it could be di- disastrous for the Labour Party because yeah. they need this money to really launch a, an effective general election campaign against Boris Johnson, who at the minute is rolling around in money. The Conservatives have, have been very good at, at uh, fundraising and, and getting businesses and everybody on board with their yeah. message. Uh, but it's one of Boris's great skills. Yeah, is um, is getting money out of people. Well, <laughs> but, lobbying. Very good at that. Yeah. Uh, this is like, this is like a kind of what Starmer wanted to do, and it's just yeah. failed at it because he has a personality of a dishcloth. But, yeah, true. Um, but the U- United is not just about money with them. They're also street campaigners. They they organise camp- things. Yes, they they practice. They train people. Yeah. You've sort of you've had your Weetabix today. <laughs> another, another great point. Unite is very good at mobilising and organising. Um, it's, uh, it's one thing that the Labour Party have always have kind of fallen down on in, in, a, in about the last decade, last decade or so, sorry, um, is actually getting people to turn out to knock on doors and canvas. Uh, I know I've, I've had a few friends that went up to Old Bexley and they said there was a very weak campaign team um, up there from the Labour Party. And it's I remember in 2019, that was pretty similar in some of the constituencies I went to. They've not been very good, but Unite are brilliant at it. Mm. They're really good at getting people out, getting the placards, knowing how to do the media. They're very savvy. They're very, very well, very good at this kind of <laughs> I stuff. Think, I think there's no passion anymore anyway. That's the problem as well. Um, I wonder, I, think, I mean, not, yeah. not for the sake of the country, not in terms of whether she, she could win or not, that's irrelevant. But for the in, internally, if, as the party, do you think someone like Yvette Cooper, I mean, obviously we talked about Andy Burnham before, but do you think someone like Yvette Cooper could bring back some sort of their kind of passion? Obviously the lefties were not going to be happy, but you know, the ordinary Labour members, are they, do you think they're going to kind of see it? All I, the I, think, I think you'd get a lot of what I call the middle, middle class voter would mm. switch to Yvette Cooper. So that's like the kind of voter that needs a good economy to keep living as particular lifestyle but they're on that cusp between working class and middle class yeah yeah and i think she would be really good at targeting that vote because she's got a strong she's got a strong head on her she's a good campaigner i've seen it i've seen it up close again it's very good um she also has a greater sense of empathy yeah and also when you listen to her she sounds like she means what she says Keir Starmer has a real problem with that, as what I what I've been calling his sincerity problem. It just sounds forced. Like this story he tells about his mum. I know that talking people talking about family tragedies and stuff is difficult, but somehow it just seems a bit too scripted. It doesn't seem to flow. But when you listen to Yvette Cooper and Andy Burnham, like we said, he's another great person at this, can connect with people. Yeah. And if if Yvette Cooper can do that, I think she can bring the different groups together pretty well. The problem she has is her majority in her seat is really low. And yeah. I bet you any money, the Tories will go after that seat yeah, in the about. next general election as a kind of Michael Portillo moment as taking a big scalp. Yeah, in, ter- um, in terms of... Andy Burnham is a good actor. He's a great performer. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the, the robots, you've got the three robots. You've got Keir Starmer, Theresa May, Andy Rick Cooper. Um, yeah. Theresa May 
at least seems innocent. Um, Keir Starmer is just completely just like, I don't know what's going on, dead. Yeah. And then uh, Yvette Cooper comes because that's more human at least. Uh, I mean, you mentioned empathy. I think that kind of helps. But again, the seat is too small. So you never know if... Uh, if the Tories actually target that seat, it's a whole yeah. Ed, Ed I think moment one thing, again. <laughs> one thing that will definitely help um, whoever is running to be the next Labour leader is Angela Rayner because they will seem like the most sensible person in the room if they stand next to her <laughs> and just say, "Do you agree with that? that?" That's basically all the next leader in the next leadership round has to do is say, yeah. "Like, you want that? Really? Because I can say, really like that, really." <laughs> um, and I, I, I think they could probably walk it, but. Um, I, I have to admit, I know Isaac Wales, like I said earlier about her being on the TV, I haven't actually seen her on the TV yet. Yeah. Um, I think Labour are trying to downplay this quite a bit because, yeah. uh, you know, like, like, like we said earlier, like they didn't do as well as mm. the numbers reading on the surface make it out to be. But, but that's um, kind of the like whole said, outcome of it. Uh, I mean, to, to kind of finish this, um, a lot of people will be watching and say, well, this by-election, does it matter to us? I mean, did, did it change anything? Or do, do, does it actually matter to the, the wider picture of politics, considering they're all basically angry at both Labour and Tories? Um, is this the media focusing a lot on this topic as well? well is it kind of there's relevant? there's been very little in the media, actually. I mean, there was well, one good, article though. in the BBC. Um, Sky News did, did the whole thing last night, and they've done a couple of articles this morning. But not really, because like we said, most people are kind of expecting this result. Yeah. One thing that is going to be interesting about this is how do the parties react to what to what's just happened? The party, the Tories need to concentrate on getting people out to vote for them. The Labour Party needs to focus on having more of a galvanising message. And everybody is watching the Lib Dem machine for North Shropshire. This is the thing. Mm. For in two weeks' time, it's all going to be about North Shropshire. Um, mm. Well, that's that's and, a, that's a, that's a perfect preview of what to expect and i think to be fair i think i think even the lib dems we could expect the lib dems to do slightly better campaigning wise we could expect the tories yeah. to somehow manipulate their voters to say come on guys you need to come out stop isolating it could actually work quite well for the conservatives because you say well look if you don't turn out to vote yeah that's what you get we could lose so yeah so i think the one of the bigger problems is in safe seats is when you get kind of dissatisfaction yeah is tories don't tend to vote for other parties you just don't vote. So what you've got to show, show them is like, look, you might not like us at the minute, but the the consequence of what you're going to get it okay. outweighs your dissatisfaction. And th that kind of message can get through, but yeah. I don't know if they've got enough time to do it in two weeks. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Yeah, well, well, you know, it's one of those things. We'll just uh, wait and see how that goes. But no, thanks again for the analysis. What I'm looking forward to see is uh, the smaller parties, again, like reform, to see how they're going to oh, do yes. in that election. Yes, quick note on that one. Yeah. A really quick note. Sorry, I forgot to mention no, no. <laughs> um, A really quick note. What's going to be interesting about the smaller parties is it's going to be reform versus reclaim. Yes. So it's Lawrence Fox's little yeah. project. And <laughs> little <Dice>. project. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> what, what's happening there? A yeah. small part of me refuses to call them a political party but, <laughs> yeah. because I don't know what they stand for. But <laughs> it is going to be interesting because, again, these are active protest votes. So <clears> people <throat> who know about Lawrence Fox and know about Richard Tice. I would say we're probably the same kind of voter. So which way they go, it will be interesting because it's Mar uh, I think it's Martin Daubney is yeah. the reclaimed candidate. I'm not quite sure who Reform have put up. Oh, um, I do I no, I forgot. It is somebody that I know the name yeah, of. Yeah, it's someone I've forgotten. Like my tongue, but no, um, but it, it, Reform seems more serious because it, 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 yeah. it can, it can, in comparison they have more policies and more kind of vision. Yeah. Reclaim and is I, just about let's just uh, take back freedom. That's it basically. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but it, it, like I said, that's one that's one that I'll be keeping an eye on in North Shropshire. It's just uh, this is a bit of fun more than anything. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Well, no, that's good. Like, yeah, well, we, we will come back when that. Well, while election happens, it's going to be chaotic oh, anyway. God, and another but, one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ian. And, and then, to be fair, we will have another one after that because we'll have. Oh yeah, that's true. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that note, guys, go get a cup of coffee. We're going to have more. The next guest we're going to have Isabel Oakshot. She's going to come on the show, and we're going to discuss freedom. Thanks again. See you guys. <laughs>